live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Ranked uh, above 80. Hey, Ed, can you hear us? Hello? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, this is not Hello? good. This is the Press Box. On Hi, are there? Come on! With Grady and Bischoff. Ed, disconnect! Hi, there? Ed, check your phone! You're sending us messages. Yes, we Hello. hear you. Disconnect. On ESPN Las Vegas. Did you hear me saying hello when you were yelling at me to disconnect? Yes, I was. That, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> ESPN Las Vegas, here we go. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Tyler is the one who might mute today. Disconnect. disconnect. Oh, Jesus. Oh, geez, you're loud. Loud, at that, loud uh, off campus here. Man. Wow. Kind of Way to go, Jared. Kind of I blame Jared. Up. It's all Jared's uh, fault. Okay, fair enough. I woke us Just, up with it. I needed the uh, Frappuccino drink. That, I thought that woke me up until I heard that. Nope. Ready to go. It's going to be a big day as long as you didn't buy De'Aaron Fox's NFT. Did you guys hear about that, by the way? No. no. Is, he, uh, he, he, is he now an owner as well? No, De'Aaron Fox made his own NFT. Oh, um, no. They were little Fox characters. Oh, And God. then uh, yesterday or the day before, he basically announced he was shutting it down. Uh, this is after he basically raised $1.5 million from people buying his NFT, and then he didn't deliver on any of the things he said he was going to do for the people that bought it. Took the money, though. Uh, oh, yeah, he hasn't returned the money, that's for sure. Wow. <laughs> it's almost like these things are a scam. <laughs> <laughs> Got to trust people and can't trust De'Aaron Fox. I mean, the NFTs still exist. I, I think I might actually go buy one because they're only like 20 bucks at the moment, so I might go buy one, but the uh like you buy the nft and De'Aaron fox was like promising to do a you know a bunch of giveaways and meet and greets and all this stuff for people that owned his nfts and then he just shut it down saying he didn't have, have enough time during the season he plays for the kings come on they're not doing anything important so you can't race the foxes was that what it was going to be no no it wasn't racing it was literally just like the pictures of these foxes you'd pay 20 bucks for that yeah, I probably would because if he actually comes back and makes it something, that they'll be more worth more than twenty dollars. If someone's willing to pay more than twenty dollars <laughs> for them, they'll be worth like, more. like okay. Let me explain it this way: one of the NFTs that we own, we own a playing card. It's literally just a playing card. But the reason we own it is because the people who created it put on like games and stuff. Like there was an NFL long season pick'em contest. And we won the pick'em contest, by the way. So we won some money for that. And they do like online poker tournaments that you get free entry to these tournaments if you own one of the cards. And then if you finish in the top 10 or whatever, you win some money. So like there's a lot of NFTs where you just own a picture of something. But the actual community, the, the people who created it, put on events and there's certain things you can get out of it that make it worthwhile. That was the idea behind De'Aaron Foxes, but now he's just not delivering on any of the stuff he promised he'd do for people that bought one of these Foxes. Are you a poker player? No, not at all, but we did. I did finish top 10 in a tournament, so I, maybe oh. I should be a poker player. I was going to say, then but... we're inviting you immediately over to my poker, <laughs> my poker games at my house. They were actually called off because uh, our friend Clay Baker, uh, it, it, was, it was a few years ago when I kept having parties and Clay would always come and play. But then he told too many dirty jokes around my daughter. And my wife called the parties off. <laughs> She's like, all right, Clay, you have to go now. This isn't good. 
we need you to leave now. And uh, then all of a sudden, I wasn't able to have any more poker parties. Oh, stunk. yeah. Clay Baker ruining the party for yeah. everybody. Sam Gordon would come and clean up the money all the time, and he'd win all the time. And then Clay eventually just got the party stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so are you sure that wasn't just the excuse used because you were losing too much money on these poker parties? There's a chance in that. Gordon used to leave with a lot of money, and uh, we weren't happy with that. And he'd always say, I've got something to do, like, you know, later that night, and then all of a sudden the game would go over quickly because he would just start beating people, and then we would just have to give him money. And, he's, he's got something to do. Spend your money. Yes, spend yes. our money. So you shut, anyway, You shut down a revenue stream for Sam I know. <laughs> he's not making as much anymore. The First Bite. Should the Raiders make Marcus Mariota their starter in 2022? So we talked to Paul Gutierrez yesterday, and he uh, talked about this story that he and all the other writers at ESPN did. They do sort of this off-season exercise of pretending to be general managers and making trades and signings and draft picks and all that. And here's what Paul Gutierrez did yesterday. He accepted a trade for Derek Carr. Uh, the Washington Commanders offered up a first-round pick in 2022 and a conditional fourth-round pick that jumps up to a second-round pick if Carr signs an extension and Washington makes the playoffs next year. Um, so that was what he got for Derek Carr, first-round pick, uh, and another pick that's probably going to end up being a fourth-round pick because uh, Washington going to the playoffs? Don't think so. Um, but in the meantime, he also re-signed Marcus Mariota for two years and then turned around and used that Washington commander's draft pick to pick Matt Corral, a quarterback out of Ole Miss and goes in the next season as Paul Gutierrez flipped it. Marcus Mariota is the starter and has a chance to become the number one guy for a while, but they also have a backup plan in Matt Corral. Is that a good off season? Would we be looking back saying good job, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, if that's what they did, isn't this what you've uh, promoted breaking it up? Get, get, um, break in the singer. I mean, I like the uh, if I get a first rounder um, for him, you're well, there's gonna have to be at least one first rounder included if you ever trade for him. I mean, he is that good, he's top 10 or 12 quarterback, so you're gonna have to include a first round pick. Um, I don't mind the trade at all. And Mariota at 14 million guaranteed to be kind of a steal if he's gonna be your starter in terms of the market and what the market bears for starting quarterbacks. Um, you know Matt Corral is better as anyone. He went to Ole Miss, so I don't know how he's projected. He's projected as one of the better quarterbacks in a weak quarterback draft. But if this is what they're going to do and place their money elsewhere and not place it at quarterback, I think this is kind of what you promoted to sort of blow it up and say we're not going to be very good in the next two years, but after that we're going to build for the future. Kind of, but this is not how I would go about it. First off, I would want more than a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. For Derek Carr, I would want um, potentially two first round, picks, really, but something better. Than well, no, first not not to say that's wrong, but I'm I'm trying to think of the people who'd give up two first rounders. There's people out there, I'm sure. He's a, he's yeah. a good quarterback. I I on like I honestly think if the Raiders decided, hey, we're, we're going to trade Derek Carr and made that known to other teams, I I think there would be a small bidding war on him. Like especially if like if Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay and Russell Wilson doesn't uh, leave Seattle. All of a sudden, like Derek Carr would be the best quarterback on the market yes. if the Raiders were looking yes. to trade him. So I, I think there would be, I think there'd be a pretty good market for him. Now, can you get it up to two first round picks? Eh, maybe, but I think you can get more than a first and a conditional fourth. So that's the first thing. The other part that I don't like about this 
is drafting a quarterback in the first round and re-signing Marcus Mariota to be the starter. Like, to me, if you are getting rid of Carr and your plan is to draft a QB in the first round, that quarterback's your starting quarterback. You are basically going in on that guy saying, all right, we're taking, A, the chance that we hit on a rookie quarterback and this guy is going to be a star, but also, B, we're taking full advantage of his rookie contract. Because if you bring in Marcus Mariota, and in this scenario, you know, Paul Gutierrez only has, hey, we'll give him two years, 20 million and 14 million guaranteed. That's not a lot. That's not much at all. But it's still 10 million that you could be spending somewhere else while taking full advantage of Matt Corral being on a rookie contract. Do I think Matt Corral is going to be better than Marcus Mariota? No. Marcus Mariota might be a ceiling, right? He's probably, Matt Corral's probably like another Jalen Hurts type quarterback. I don't think he's going to be anything special in the NFL, but you need to take advantage of it. if you think the guy's good, which if you draft him at 11, you probably think he's got some talent. You need to take full advantage of him being an extremely cheap asset at the most expensive position yeah. and spending another 10 million on Mariota. Just, it wouldn't be doing that. You'd rather spend that 10 million, throw it at a wide receiver, throw it at an offensive lineman or a, a linebacker, a corner, whatever, something else. Because if you're go if you're going away from car, the whole idea is that you can make the rest of the roster better because you're not spending a bunch of money at quarterback. Right. I mean, you wouldn't be spending as much as $40 million a year for him. No. Um, but, you know, maybe have something there because McDaniels just did that in New England. Now, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think anyone, at least coming out of college, might have thought Matt Carell was better than um, Mac Jones. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I... <laughs> I still think Mariota's a deal at ten million a year. If you're not completely sold on the rookie, I get that, and you could still send if you take you know that's twenty million you save on car if he even takes thirty thirty million if he takes if he wants forty. Which again, I think forties people might say it's market value for a quarterback at his level. I can't believe they'd give him forty million a year. I still think I still think it's going to be a short term deal at like thirty million a year. I still ha- I still think they're going to do a short-term deal with him and put him in the position to say, look, it's like what Paul said yesterday. You said you're a Raider for life. You said you're not playing for any other team. Uh, we need to have some money, you know, elsewhere for, for you know, to, to make the people around you better. So we'll give you two more years. We'll extend you two years, which would really be three. And we'll give you $30 million or you can play in your 19 or 20. Then you get 30, you know, 30 after that for the next two years, and we'll see how it works out. I, I just have a feeling that they're going to extend them for a few years. I And that was, you know, we've seen that report from a couple of teams or from a couple of reporters that, you know, one side or both sides are open to the short-term thing. I just still can't figure out why Derek Carr would want to do that. Like, if you're Carr right now, wouldn't you want to sign the longest possible contract you could at the moment? And conceivably even if he had to play out this next year at 19 million, he's probably getting like, if he played out this year and was an unrestricted free agent at next off season, somebody's probably given him six years deal, right? Like, I mean, teams love their quarterbacks and somebody would be willing to pay up car. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't get why Carr would do the short-term deal, but if he's willing to, and you're the Raiders, I, I think absolutely. That's a, that's a way to go about this. That's not going to hamstring you four or five years into the future. If it doesn't work out, like, yeah, two more years. That'd be great. Uh, we'll see if it works there. And then if we need to give you 42, 45 million, we can do it then. But I, I think that would be very helpful for the Raiders and not as good for Derek Carr. Is Marcus Mariota an eight or nine win quarterback? So that's the interesting thing. If if you were to take go with Paul Gutierrez's plan 
and it's Marcus Mariota as the starter. And if he's that cheap, then you can conceivably spend some more money on the rest of the roster right. and, and make it a little bit better. I think the Raiders are, are similar, probably a little bit of a step back if they go with Mariota and have an extra 10 to 20 million to spend, right? They're not going to fall off the face of the earth, but I think they're similar to what they would be with Derek Carr. The biggest problem, though, I think is like, I think most people are going to project the Raiders miss the playoffs next year because I think most people are going to project the Chiefs and Chargers are one, two in the AFC West and the Raiders are a seven win team next year. So with Derek Carr. Right. I think that's, yes, I think that's what's going to happen. If it's Carr's gone, Mariota's in and they spend an extra 10 million on whatever left guard or something like that. That's probably a team that wins one less game would be my guess than what they do with Derek Carr. Uh, Because like Mariota, he wasn't like a great starting quarterback, but he was a fine starting okay. quarterback in Tennessee. It's not like you're putting Mariota in there and all of a sudden you've got uh, Nathan Peterman right. playing 17 right. games for you. So they'd be they'd be fine. Um, the other interesting part of the Mariota thing is he used the draft pick on Matt Corral. If you sign Mariota, I would love to see them use the draft pick on another position so they get two first-round picks coming in. You could make the argument, hey, that should be two starters coming into the roster for really cheap. So that's another area where trading uh, Derek Carr and going with Mariota would be better because you're you're getting that extra first round pick. You could effectively say, hey, we're going to draft a starting uh, offensive lineman and a starting defensive well, tackle. With be those careful there. Yeah, that's true. They did be careful. Be very careful. It's a new regime. It's a new regime. <laughs> that Matt. is true. That is we true. We cannot hold Alex As long as he's not from Alabama or Clemson, they'll be okay. <laughs> we cannot hold Alex Leatherwood against Dave Ziegler <laughs> and Josh McDaniels. He's not their fault. They, he's their problem now, but he's right. not their fault. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the Golden Knights, who are finally back in action tonight. Knights win the draw at neutralize. Final five seconds tick off, and Vegas gets a victory 4-1. to one over the San Jose Sharks at SAP Center on a Sunday night. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Coming up later in the show, we are going to have tickets to NASCAR, the Pennzoil 400, as well as tickets to the Mountain West Tournament to give away. Also... If you go to our website right now, today is the last day to register for that VIP package to the Mountain West Tournament. Find the banner in the middle of the screen and uh, register. Just give us your name and like email address. And after you do that, the winner will get tickets to every game, men's and women's, uh, free parking, and access to the hospitality suite, which has free food. Uh, so LVSportsNetwork.com is the website where you can register to win that VIP package too the Mountain West Tournament. Now, Golden Knights, they play back-to-back. They play Arizona tonight, and then they play Colorado on Saturday. Uh, Here's the, I guess, fun question for the weekend. Who do you think plays in net in these two games? Well, Leonard practiced one day, and they did not practice Thursday, and all of a sudden a lot of players have the flu. I don't know if he's one of them. So let's assume he is. Then I'd assume uh, Logan tonight. And Brassois tomorrow night. Oh, you're not going to put Logan Thompson against the Avalanche? No, I'm going to put him tonight. He's he's proven his worth against an AHL team. <laughs> and I think now that they're going back-to-back games against AHL teams, you gotta, you, you got to play him. He's, he's the AHL Golden Knight. I mean, come on. So I would venture to guess Leonard's not playing simply because he didn't practice yesterday. Even 
even if he wasn't one of the guys that didn't that doesn't have the flu, I, I would guess not practicing on a Thursday uh, would be an indication that he is not going to play on a Friday when he's coming back from an injury. I think I'd go the opposite of you, to be honest. I know, I know. I think I'd go Laurent Brossois Friday and then feed Logan Thompson to the Wolves against the Avalanche. Just like, assuming I, it's I a think, loss anyway. Right. You're, you're a back-to-back. You're playing two games in two days, and the second one is against the best team in the league. And, you know, you're not fully healthy. So I think that's what I would do. Basically load up against Arizona, say, hey, the goal here is to get two points in the next two games, Eh, we can do that against Arizona and Colorado, whatever. They scheduled it. It's a scheduled loss for the Golden Knights to play the Avalanche on the second night of a back-to-back. So I think I'd go the opposite and just sort mm-hmm. of punt on Saturday's game against Colorado. However, I would like to see Robin Leonard back playing against Colorado. I'd love like, to I see Robin like Leonard see... play Colorado. I don't really care about Arizona, but I'd love to see him against Colorado yeah. because that might be, well, that might be a preview of things to come, and I'd like to see him against right. that team. Like, I, I want to see this team play Colorado in a game where the Aval- or where the Golden Knights can't say, well, we don't have Mark Stone. We don't have Alec Martinez. We don't have, we don't Robin, have Robin Leonard. Leonard. Like, I'd like to see them play a game this regular season where we're like, yes, that's what it looks like against a good team when this roster is good to go. But we're not going to get that because Mark Stone's on long-term IR and they can't bring him back until the season's over. So it's it's this is like, is this the worst regular season in Golden Knights history? Like just from an interest uh, standpoint, like well, it's from the an, least... I think from an interest standpoint, because of all the injuries, I think you're right about that. I mean, obviously, the first couple were out of control in terms of the interest in this town, but yeah, I, I think I think that's a good point with all the injuries. People don't know who's in and out of the lineup. Uh, you don't know who's in goal on a given night, so lack of interest. I mean, I don't know if there's ever a lack of interest in this town about that team, but if you're going to gauge the first five years, I would say this has the least amount of interest at this point, which, again, says a lot about the team because it's still right. a massive amount of interest in this town about these guys. And I, and I think part of it is skewed by my view because coming into the season, my view was simply the regular season doesn't matter. Yeah, because they're going to roll the through the Pacific. So, like, I'm skewed by my own uh, preseason view of this team that it didn't. I still kind of hold that, even though there's a little bit of a race in the Pacific. There's a there's a slight chance they could fall out here if Edmonton and L.A. get it together and play well. But it's still a matter of, yeah, what this team is, you know, accomplishes in a regular season doesn't really matter. That's not what they're here for. They're they're here to win a Stanley Cup. So anything that happens between now and the start of the playoffs is as long as you get in mostly irrelevant. But it's still I don't know. It's just interesting. I mean, interest is still high, but it's maybe it's like a learning and understanding how good the team is. Like it's it's almost impossible to do that because we haven't actually seen this team that like the team we expect to see in the postseason. Uh, we haven't seen him for a single game in the regular season, and we're probably not going to see him for a single game in the regular season. Right. So, a little overconfidence last night from the first place uh, Flames. See oh, did that? they lose last night? Seven to one. Oh, Canucks. Yikes. Yikes. Snap the ten game win streak. Maybe maybe the Knights should be looking forward and not back. What a disaster. They, seven to how one. How they give up seven? What? It's hard to lose seven to one. And it's hard to lose seven to one to the Canucks. To Vancouver? Yeah. Seven what to happened? one. What happened? I did I have no idea. I, I mean the first right sto- first uh first score I saw was five zero. And I'm like, oh. whoa. Because they had won ten straight. I'm like, what's happening here? And they got they they got blitzed seven to one. Uh they should <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know if it's facetious or not, but there's some tweets on there from like Flames fans all pissed, like, ah, here we go. It's over. Stink. Can't do anything. Why wouldn't it be 10 to 1 with a 10 game winning streak? It's like, okay. 
pump the brakes. You won ten in a row. <laughs> I wonder fans if that's real from. I wonder if that's real from Flames fans. I, well, I that's why I said I didn't say... really know, but they're weird hockey fans from Canada, so I wouldn't put it past them to see seven to one to the Canucks. And say, well, you know that that winning streak was it was lucky. I don't know if that was real. I did see some of the tweets, so I'm like, are you being serious right now? Your team just won ten straight and in the first place. Yeah, but I, I think it might be real because, like, when's the last time the Flames did anything? The last time they yeah. they won the Stanley Cup was in the '80s. The last time they played for the Stanley Cup was in 2004. Like they haven't, they they're not good. <laughs> like I think that might be real from Flames fans who are sitting. Which would here, be absolutely hilarious. They're 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 happy that the Flames are in first place and seem to be a competent hockey team, but they're probably all sitting there waiting for this to fall apart because yeah. that's. What the flames that flames haven't been good in a long time. Why would you think they're going to be good anymore? So that's probably real. I'd be I'd be betting that's real from Flames fans that they are. I mean, it'd be it'd be much better if it was real than not. Yes, I I, I, I think it is. But I think it is. I think that's a fan base that's probably sits around expecting things to go poorly, not expecting things to go well. You know, you I mean, hell, you do it with the Dodgers and the Dodgers are actually good. That's true. That's true. I do it with the Dodgers and CBS Sports. Oh, CBS, CBS Sports, Sports Network and, and the Dodgers are the two things I do it with. You just expect CBS Sports yes, I expect, games to go I expect a game overtime. to tip off on my television when it says so on my app. Oh, when by the way, app. Uh, the Big East got screwed yesterday. Off the same um, thing? Yeah, because uh, what game was on? Some colonial athletic game oh, was on and went to overtime. So the Big East game, I think it was Georgetown, got postponed. Or not postponed, but they missed the start of it. <laughs> what a disaster that thing is. God. It's just you get excited to watch these Mountain West games. You want to see all the teams, and halfway through the game, you still haven't seen anything. No, not allowed. Uh, you know, you get online, Ed. You can watch it online. It'll work that way. That would that be getting out of the Barco Lounge? I told you that. Yeah, you got to do it sometimes, <laughs> don't you think? Well, get off your couch. No, no. When I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. You can't get out. You're stuck. Uh, when it's time to go to bed. <laughs> Then oh, you roll wow. in, then you roll into bed, and you get up, and you get up uh, for this show. It's a, it's a, it's a very much it's a pattern I have. Yeah. Okay, the game. All right, it was uh, Wagner and oh. Farley Dickinson that ran over. Yes, unbelievable. And that prevented the start of what what Big East game was it? Hold on, now I got to find this Big East game. Um, that prevented the start of somebody from playing in the Big East. But yeah, uh, Wagner and Farley at least. At least when uh, Mountain West games have a game run over, it's teams you've heard of and not Wagner yeah. and Farley Dickinson. By the way, Farley Dickinson won last night. They are now 4-20 and 20 on the year, <laughs> ranked 348th in Ken Pop. And Brutal. you had to sit through that and not, and not watch the Big East. What a yeah. joke. By the way, okay, just to let you know, this was a massive upset. Wagner, Wagner lost to Farley Dickinson. Wagner is 19-4. and four. What happened there? And they lost in overtime to this bum team? I somehow missed it. Yeah, you, well, you shouldn't have. It was on CBS Sports Network. All right. Coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. Trey Lance was probably further behind than people realized. Trey Lance is greener than people realized. Trey Lance is going to need more work than people realized. And they have a roster that can win now. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. All right, Ben, um, who would you be betting on to take the first snap as a 49er? It's still Trey Lance, isn't it? 
I think it's definitely Trey Lance. I know, you know, Adam Schefter, some other people have reported that maybe they keep Jimmy Garoppolo there for another year, but I think for all intents and purposes, it absolutely has to be Trey Lance, given the draft capital that they gave up last year for him. I mean, he should be good, right? I, it's it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo is a superstar quarterback. Like, I assume he's going to exactly. look good in that offense. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, I mean, like, we what we got from Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021, I do think is definitely near his ceiling. I wouldn't expect him to get um, maybe even as close to the production that he saw in 2021. In 2022, even with, you know, Kyle Shanahan kind of heavily scheming things, uh, to be really easy for him. So I think they have to roll the dice with Trey Lance and figure out what they actually have with him. Obviously, his upside uh, is probably, you know, one of the one of the top-type quarterback potentials in the NFL right now. So uh, I think we got to figure out what he's got there, and I do think that we're going to end up seeing him be the starter in San Francisco uh, here to start 2022. All right. Who would you bet is the starter for the Raiders? It has to be Matt Corral, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I still think it's Derek Carr. I know I know everyone. You know, obviously this is like the reckless speculation season of the off season for NFL. But I think Derek Carr still makes a lot of sense for a team that uh, I would say exceeded expectations. Josh McDaniels, uh, I do think, can definitely develop a scheme uh, around Derek Carr where they can have a better offense. And then the question becomes, you know, how do they how do they fit into uh, a new defensive scheme with Patrick Graham as the defensive coordinator? Can um, can they actually be productive along that front four like they were last year with Max Crosby basically leading the NFL in pressure percentage? If they can get that again, uh, I think they can compete again and be at least relevant in the wild card race in the AFC with Derek Carr quarterback. Is Derek Carr the best quarterback in the league that gets speculated he's going to get traded every offseason, not because he's causing the drama like Aaron Rodgers, but because his team might not like him anymore? Yeah, I think I think that is actually a really good take, right? Outside of him, it might be like a guy like Kirk Cousins, who uh, I would I would rather have Derek Carr uh, given you know same salary than what Kirk Cousins has shown. I do think that uh, you know Derek Carr shown the ability to win games uh, that the Raiders maybe wouldn't have without him at quarterback. So I like him probably more than what even you know a lot of fans in Las Vegas do. But I think yeah, uh, as far as like the trade rumors and those sorts of things, it's, it's, it's constant with him, and it's unfortunate because I do think he's great as you know, at least a top-10 PFF passing quarterback here the past two years. Would they be that much worse if, let's say, they, you know, someone called and said two first-round picks and you have to do it? You're like, all right, let's move on from him. How much worse would they be if they say they signed Mariota to a short-term deal? And like, you know, I was kidding about uh, Matt Corral, but, you know, you draft him at 11. We've been talking about this for the last two days. How much different would it be with Marcus Mariota? Or do we really know because he hasn't played in a while since Tennessee? Yeah, I do think that their offense would look a lot more. Um, it would have to look a lot more like a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, kind of like option-heavy approach, get Marcus Mariota in space, allowing to make some throws. But I think the downfield passing attack that uh, the Raiders had in 2021, their ability to actually scheme Hunter Renfro open, I think that would probably struggle a little bit more with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. But uh, he does offer some things with their legs. So it would probably be a, you know, a completely revamped, different-looking offense. Could it be successful? Yeah, but I do think the the, the actual ceiling type upside uh, is probably capped in that scenario. So uh, if the Raiders, you know, want kind of want to tear it down and kind of start a rebuild process, knowing that uh, it might be really difficult for them to compete with the top teams in the AFC, given the current state of the roster, I think from that perspective it makes a lot of sense. But uh, they're going to be worse off in 2022 and probably 2023 than what they would be with Derek Carr at quarterback. Which quarterback would you bet to be drafted first? 
I I I kind of like the rumors around Malik Willis. I do think that he makes a lot of sense in a place like Pittsburgh. So I could see him being the first quarterback uh, off the board. I think you know teams have kind of gravitated toward uh, the high upside play from a drafting perspective here the past few years at the quarterback position. I do think that Malik Willis probably has. Uh, the highest ceiling of any of the quarterback prospects that we have here in 2022. So I like him to go first overall. I've always kind of been a Sam Howell fan as well. Uh, obviously pretty down year in 2021 when basically his entire, you know, uh, skill position unit went on to play in the NFL. But I still think he's a guy that can basically make almost every throw on the football field. So I like him to maybe be a sneaky option as, uh, you know, the first quarterback taken off the board here uh, in the NFL draft as well. Is it as weak a class as people are insinuating? Or like you said, you just said how, I mean, guys maybe who had down years who are going to be better when they get to the league. Yeah, I just think there's like no surefire, uh, you know, quarterback prospects really, right? There's a, there's a guys that uh, have some qualities in them that I think teams are going to gravitate toward, but there are still a lot of question marks, right? I do think, you know, Malik Willis probably uh, isn't in the same tier as a guy like Trey Lance, but I do think that, uh, they may have, you know, a lot of similar traits and a lot of similar capabilities and a lot of the similar mindsets to be able to kind of reach that upside potential. So I think that's maybe the direction that it goes. So if a guy, you know, if a team falls in love with one of those guys, we could see them go in the top ten. But uh, outside of that, I think there is, you know, reasons or or warts based on every single prospect that we have coming out here in 2022. Uh, all right, let me take you down a, hypoth- a hypothetical path here. And I know the Packers said. Uh, this week they weren't really interested in trading Jordan Love. But let's just say that Aaron Rodgers decides to come back to Green Bay. And if you're a team that needs a quarterback, if you're the if you're the Steelers or you're Washington or whatever, and you don't like Willis or Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett or any of these quarterbacks, would it make sense to call Green Bay and say, hey, you know, if we send you a third round pick for Jordan Love and, and go that route, like where do you think Jordan Love would rank compared to what's going to be this rookie class? Yeah, I mean, and the thing we've seen a little bit of Jordan Love in the NFL, and it hasn't been overly inspiring. So I do agree that we you could probably get him at least in a discount to where he was drafted in the first round here in 2020. Um, I think you know, given the fact that he's probably learned behind Aaron Rodgers, I do think that could be a little bit more of an intriguing option than what people are giving them credit for. I don't think uh, Green Bay is going to necessarily want to go down that route because I do think they're going to be all in here in 2022, and then probably have to turn the reins over to Jordan Love in 2023. And I do think they probably want to figure out what they have with him uh, in at least one year before kind of seeing if they need to actually extend him out uh, off of his rookie contract deal. But I, I, I think it's at least a viable option for him. I mean, like I said earlier, he hasn't necessarily shown out really well at the NFL level, but that's been a really small sample size in the right scheme. I definitely think he still has a decent amount of upside, but he was a guy that PFF wasn't overly high on coming out of college, so uh, I wouldn't be inclined to kind of give him anything more than like a third-round pick like you suggested before. What's your gut feel, given he, in the uh, post, he thanked everyone uh, half the time, his ex-girlfriend, about what he was going to do in terms of Aaron Rodgers? I mean, w- he, and no one really knows. We kind of think he's an attention guy. He just wants the attention. If he's not in the news for the next two days, he does an Instagram post. But what do you really think he does? I think he's going to be I think he's gonna be back in Green Bay. I definitely agree with agree with the attention aspect. He likes to be in the limelight, uh, likes to have some sort of controversy surrounding him, it seems like, all the time. Uh, and I think, you know, the only way to create that uh, has been through, you know, some of the cryptic social media things. But I think when the dust settles here uh, in a couple weeks, they're going to have Devontae Adams back in the fold. They will have Aaron Rodgers back in the fold for one more season. I think, uh, you know, given the 
given the circumstances that have happened outside of Green Bay in the NFC specifically, uh, I do think that they are very capable of looking at it and saying, you know, we could potentially be the team to beat outside of the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC. Uh, so if we're potentially not necessarily a lot to get to the conference championship, but at least a pretty good bet to, uh, there's no reason to not run it back at least one more season in Green Bay from my perspective. Well, he is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks guys. Ben. Have a great show. Take care of yourself. So there is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. And is has that become the consensus now that Rodgers is back one year in Green Bay? I think that's the consensus. I mean, he's under contract. Yeah. So that's what keep, that's what the that's what Tyler keeps saying, and I keep having to remind myself, like, yeah, no, he's he's yeah, under contract. I think but, that's the point a lot of people miss that he's just going to leave and leave, and it's like, no, they're the ones with the leverage. They well, can, there was no there was the whole retire. He came, well, he <laughs> could retire when he came back to Green Bay. They were they had the whole like, all right, we we restructured his contract, and they you know he had a he's supposed to have twenty twenty three under contract too, and they're like, well, we got rid of that. Uh, but he's still in a contract for 2022. But we have a, this verbal agreement to figure out what to do uh, after the 2021 season. And it's like, okay, you, so the Packers said, yeah, of course, Aaron, we'll we'll consider trading you in the – like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, unless you got it written in writing that the contract right. is over, right. you're still in a contract. And, like, if things had gone very poorly, if the Packers had won seven games – then, yeah, Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to be a Packer. But they won 13 games again. They won 13 games every single year that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have been there. Yes, they've sucked in the playoffs, but you're not throwing away a 13-win duo when you got them under contract. It's just, I don't know. It'd just be stupid. Raider fans I mean, are very yeah. upset with what Ben said and now what you're saying because it was oh, going to be Devontae a reunion of the Fresno State combo. Oh, man. Could have been Devontae Adams. Instead, it's going to be in the next year, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr in Washington together. Yeah, that, that would be Is that where they're the going to be? The commanders. Here they go. Yeah. I, 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 I'm friends with a bunch of Steelers fans, and they are all just like, how many first-round picks do you want for Carr? How many first-round picks think, do you think? Because I you think know, they just, think they're close. Yeah. And, and it's th- like Mason or Derek. Well, well, we'll take Derek. They also are like, our defense is always good. Mike Tomlin will figure it out. Yeah. Just get us someone competent. Well, get us know, someone who's not. You know not they're a... into the playoffs. I don't know what they're doing, but they always get to the playoffs. They're not actually trading two first-round picks for Derek Carr. They're trading two first-round picks to not have to watch Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not have Mason Rudolph <laughs> antagonize a Browns player to the point where he th- hits him in the head with the helmet. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the NBA. Should the Lakers trade LeBron? Two defenders gets to the rim, lays it up and in. Beautiful move to the hoop for John Moran. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. You ready to trade LeBron James away? Bill Plasky. I love love Plasky. Plasky's one of the best, but uh, he prefaced the link to his com as, this is completely crazy. Uh, so here's here's what he wrote in his story. At this point in his career, there really is only one way LeBron can help the Lakers win a championship. They must trade him. And Bill Plasky's column uh, basically says the Lakers are not going to win a title with the roster as constructed with the LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook trio and the aging role players around them. And that he thinks their best way to win a championship is to basically go into a rebuild mode. And trading LeBron James would obviously uh, gain you some assets, and that would jumpstart that rebuilding process for the Lakers. Uh, so I'd have to ask Bronny about LeBron this first. James? Oh, that's a good I'd one. Have to ask uh, you, 
Yeah, where where does he want to play? Bron- Bronny, really where play? should they trade him? Because obviously that's where you're now getting drafted yeah. in 2023. I mean, when he explains it, I don't think it's a completely preposterous idea, right? I mean, if they, I guess what's at his age, as good as he is, and you've talked about it, still probably a top five player in the league. What's the give back at this point on him? Because isn't he saying that to get a really high level younger star, you have to move him? Um, I guess it's hard. Like I said, I don't think it's complete. When I read the headline, I'm like, oh, here he goes. Because Bill likes to um, really go out on the limb sometimes. Like I said, he's one of the best in our business. Um, and that's why, because he really kind of comes up with ideas that others pe- other people don't. And he writes it. And he has the, uh, you know what, to write them. Um, so I read the headline. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then I went in and read the column. I'm like, well, I don't know if it's completely preposterous. So there's two parts of this that are important. The first one is, do you think the Lakers can win a title uh, next? Well, I guess till technically this season, but really next season. Like, do you think the Lakers can retool the roster in the offseason to build a championship contender? They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They won a title with those as their best two players a couple of seasons ago. So if you believe you can win a championship, it's just like my argument with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You don't throw that away just because, like, you try to go win a championship. So if you believe LeBron and Anthony Davis are good enough to help you win a title, granted, the roster sucks around them. You got to do a lot of changing there. Then you you keep it together and you push forward. The other key question is, what are you getting if you trade LeBron? Right. What do you get? What's the give back? He's only under contract for one more season. So if you're another team, how much are you willing to give up for one guaranteed season of LeBron James? And that might be all you get. You might give up a lot and he might he might not resign with you. You might only get one year of LeBron James. Now, obviously, I think uh, LeBron James has the high enough status that if he gets traded, he's going to have okayed the destination. So maybe that makes it a little bit more appeal, uh, appealing to a team trading for him. But I don't know that you're getting a massive haul for LeBron James. Like, do you get one first-round pick for LeBron? Like, that is that it? Uh, because that's, I mean, you can do stuff with a first-round pick, but I think I'd rather have one season of LeBron than a single first-round pick or whatever it would end up taking to make this trade happen. The only thing I'd say is more and more, I believe less and less and less and less in Anthony Davis. That's fair. Yes. Because he just, <laughs> he, he, his injury problems and his body breaks down. And I know they won a title with him, but I'm just not believing him in him. I'm believing in him less and less. And if he's not there and you can't get another, you know, so-called star to go on as LeBron continues to get older, then it doesn't really matter. I think how you retool the retool, the roster It'd be very difficult at this at his age for him to carry him to a championship alone, as we've seen this year. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's. Do I don't that. think there's any hope that the Lakers could win a title with Anthony Davis as their best player. No, I, I just. I, I don't think they'd have any chance to do so. Which, by the way, brings you to the other part of this conversation: is if you are trading away LeBron James, you're not also getting rid of Anthony Davis. Well, yeah, then it's a total rebuild. I mean, technically, you could say, hey, we're going to keep Anthony. He's under contract for three seasons after or two seasons after this one with a player option. Um, So basically, you've got two more years of Anthony Davis. Like, do you believe, hey, you trade LeBron and whatever you do with your first round picks, 
like and the, and the now cap space you conceivably have after getting rid of LeBron. LeBron, can you build a team up around Anthony Davis that's good just, enough to win a title? I don't think you can. I don't you think get you a, can. A better unless you get somebody that's yeah. better than Anthony Davis. So that would lead you to say, all right, you traded LeBron James. Well, now you're trading Anthony Davis too, right? Like if you're going rebuild mode, you're going rebuild, and you're trading away both LeBron and Anthony Davis. And because Anthony Davis is younger and under contract for an extra year, you might actually get more for Anthony Davis than LeBron James. And now you've got a lot of assets. The question is, how quickly can you turn those assets yeah. into and, actual stars that win an NBA? And champion? do they become stars? And right. two years with an option, the way he gets hurt nowadays, it must feel like it's ten years. <laughs> I mean, they must be looking and saying, oh, my God, we got to deal with this guy for three more years because if he continues to get hurt and he's not who he once was, I, I mean, odds are he'd pick up the option. I mean, he's, he's going to stay and get paid instead of trying to, trying to go elsewhere when you know, his leverage is sunk because he's always hurt. Um, so you're looking at probably three years with him. And, you know, again, I, we're hard on him and everything. I get that, but he, he's just breaking down too much for my liking. Right. I, just, I, I believe in him less and less. When he was at the, his best, man, he was a great, great player. But I, I other, haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. The other question for the Lakers, because if, if you're trying to win a title, you're not just doing it with draft picks. You're going to acquire players some other way. Do free agents want to play in Los Angeles? Yeah. Like, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are gone, how like do people want to play for the Lakers because it's the Lakers and because it's L.A.? Because after Kobe and before 30. LeBron, there was a long time that the Lakers were kind of a bum franchise. Right, right. Like... like I don't do know if it has that. I don't know if it has that pull anymore. Yeah, and like LeBron went there, and people want to play with LeBron. But if he's not there, and it's like, hey, we're rebuilding, and we want you to be the face, and it's Los Angeles, it's the Lakers. I don't know the. I don't know the players care that much about it anymore. I mean, I'm sure they could get somebody, but I don't know if it's a guy good enough to actually win you a title or be the main guy that wins you a title. So, don't trade LeBron. Win a title next year.